You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Barkley again. Barkley, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Giants! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump! It's no longer your voice. I see you. We're we're on TV. What is this? Oh, it's it's a travesty of the highest order that now our faces are attached to our voices. So I, I guess sorry for that. But welcome to uh, the first ever episode of this show on YouTube. Kind of exciting. Kind of cool. Faces made for radio. And look at us. Now going to be big TV stars. This is crazy. I don't know about big TV stars. I don't even know about <laughs> being big anything. But uh, but hey, yeah, look, here we are now. The Just Giants uh, YouTube channel has one subscriber right yeah. now. <laughs> and that one subscriber is me. It's not even me. I didn't even subscribe yet. So, so um, for all you people who wanted to punch us in the face after some of our comments about the Giants or – Now, now you know where to aim. Or, or specifically me for everything non-Giant related. This is what the face looks like. So if you uh, – you see me at Yankee Stadium for a Rays Yankees game, or you know, go ahead and feel free and just sock it to me, man. I probably deserve it, but you know, I'll have this for all you guys right now, and we'll we'll, we'll let that go and let's, let's talk some Giants. So, as you might have imagined, this was a planned event. Doing this as the first episode, so I have to imagine it was a planned T-shirt there. So you guys know, you got your fists winding up already. It's well, actually, uh, I, I texted Grump about three hours ago. I'm like, "Are we starting YouTube tonight?" And he's like, "Yeah." So um, I am actually in a I'm in a pretty boring hotel just outside of Baltimore for work this week. I mean, once we kind of get our our studios and our production up to speed, we will actually probably be you know, looking more like giant fans and you know a better backdrop than uh, you know the the early 2000s artware, artwork that they, uh, you know, Marriott has. So we'll just bear with us this week. We are, we're still a work in progress, but we are here to talk giant football. That's the most important thing. So now the, the podcast is going to remain full-time on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play and Spotify and all those normal places where you'd get your your uh just giants podcast but also now it's going to be in your youtube feed if you just subscribe down there it's a lot easier you get this nice fancy thing you get to see our faces it's a little bit different of an experience i think it might be easier in some cases for some people so yeah by all means we're on youtube now so we're uh please you know subscribe here it's a lot easier for uh for you to see these videos when they come out because youtube is just kind of like a mess of a million videos being uploaded every day <laughs> and not the one with the guy catching all the different largemouth bass either that's i'm sure that's a very nice channel with great videos but pick the just giants talking about your favorite football team the <laughs> new york football giants yeah so this is it this is the last episode of uh, the preseason this is the final training camp report and that is to wrap up who made the final 53-man roster and that is no longer a day after event it is now a whole weekend extravaganza that goes on for several days um so there's no sense in making a bunch of uh, quick reaction videos or, or trying to be on top of anything unless something super major happens so it's just kind of better to sit back let the events of the week unfold as the rosters are cut around the league and then just kind of assess what the ending result was what the what the final vision became and and again these rosters are going to be tweaked throughout the season but especially over the first couple of weeks so if there's something that looks kind of fishy it's probably be because it is and it's like that intentionally <laughs> you know yeah there's some guys you're surprised that made the roster i wouldn't go out and go buy their jerseys this week because chances are you'll probably be using the american express uh refund policy for those jerseys <laughs> um but, you know, without further ado, let's jump right into who made this team and who didn't. The Giants went with two quarterbacks here, which is not all that surprising at all. Uh, Daniel Jones and Mike Lennon. Clayton Thorson was sent to IR after his injury in the Browns game, I think, I want to say, right? 
Yes. And uh, Brian Lewerke made it through and is on the practice squad now. The only real interesting thing, I think, in here is that Daniel Jones earned captaincy. Um, was he a captain last year? I don't recall that. I think it's a good idea. I mean, if Daniel Jones is your quarterback, you need to make him a captain. You know, if he's not somebody that commands respect of the locker room, that's a problem. So I think that uh, that designation should almost go without saying for your quarterback, especially for someone in this position where, you know, this is kind of make or break getting close to that time. So I, I think that's a smart move. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, yeah, I think so. And I think also he's doing a lot of things to kind of try and take the reins of this team in this offense. He's a quiet guy, but he's not a silent dude, you know? Um, so Eli-esque. In, in his own way, you know, I, I don't know. I, I question how much of Eli was, like, quiet and how much of it wasn't, but... Well, I mean, he he was a little bit in the, the Derek Jeter mold of he's not going to say anything to upset the apple cart. Hmm. Uh, you know, carefully, what he says is carefully uh, curated, you know, to make sure there's nothing controversial. I, I You know, speak softly and carry a big stick type of guy. So I, I think he's... You know, I think he gets the uh, the respect of his locker room. You never hear anything about it. You don't hear anything like how when Eli started with guys like Tiki Barber, where there was just, you know, people, guys walking out the door and just saying bad things about the guy or just trying to undermine him. So no. that's good. It, it seems like on the surface that there's a, a, a locker room in unison rallying behind uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, from the from the outside looking in, it like, the Giants players are saying all the right things about everybody, you know. Um so it appears as though the locker room is in order, uh, rallying behind every every aspect of it, right? I mean, coaches and players alike. Yeah, another sign of winning the offseason. I mean, the offseason's ending now, but that's usually the last phase of winning the offseason, as you hear. There's solidarity in the locker room. We're all on the same page where this, this bunch is tighter than they were last year, and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you want to hear that. You don't want to hear, you know, reports coming out of the locker room like, you know, unnamed players or unidentified sources saying that there's, you know, different camps and different groups. You don't get that with this team so far. So that's a good way to head into the season. Yeah. Uh, moving ahead to the running back situation here. This was kind of interesting. Uh, actually, this was this was pretty interesting. Uh, Barkley, obviously, making the team. He's started getting reps this week, by the way. All signs indicating that he's playing week one. Also got a captaincy again. Um, Devontae Booker. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, he's had it already. He's had it before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little interesting, you know, being gone for so long. But you know, he's the most important. He's the best player on this team, and uh, I, I guess it's deserving as well. Yeah, but I think it was something that he took he took seriously when he first had it. You know, it, it was not something that he took lightly or that he expected, or you know, so he claimed and so it appeared. You know, he was always on the sideline, marching up and down. You know, keeping keeping everybody. You know, together and you know, rooting for the defense and what, whatever, man. I, I, I don't know. He, he took it very personally. He said that you know, it was something that was important to him, and he's worked really hard to come back from. You know, we, we take this for granted. I know people are just kind of like guys come back from ACLs now. That's just how it is. Like, yes, that's kind of true, but not without like an insane amount of dedication to come back. It's this a quickly. lot of work. It's harder to come back from that than it is to prepare for the draft, for example, or, or yeah. anything else they've probably done in their lives. It's, uh, you know, I give even like last night in the Notre Dame Florida State game, and anybody who knows me knows I, I hate that school with a passion. But to see uh, Mackenzie Milton come out and, and play last in the fourth quarter, you know, after that brutal, brutal injury he had two years ago, it's you got to tip your hat off to him. You, you still hope he loses, but. You know, it, just to see these guys come back from, you know, defying the odds and all the work they have to do because, you know, that guy's still in college. He's not getting paid. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Saquon Barkley with the with the huge contract and the huge salary, you know, the huge bonus. So these guys, you know, it, they aren't just, you know, superstars. I mean, they, they, they work for their money too. So you know, hats off to guys like Milton and to uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not surprised by him getting a captainship at all. Um, what was surprising, though, is that behind him is Devontae Booker and Gary Brightwell making the team over Corey Clement. You know, to me, it seemed like Brightwell is 
not much more than just a guy and he was drafted late looked like he was probably a lock to make it through waivers and land on the practice squad and you keep Corey Clement because he's been around a little bit he does things a little bit differently and uh, that just didn't happen um just kind of interesting I thought that he had done enough to make the team I thought there was a different path there and I think a lot of other people did too but that's just not what happened uh, but then to compound that, what was interesting is, you know, they went with your traditional Eli Penny. He's probably going to be fullback, who has taken quite a bit of halfback reps in the preseason. Don't know if that's ever going to become anything. But then they also held on to Cullen Galaspia, who is a fullback, but also was mainly on special teams. Um, you know, I had him penciled in as one of the top special teams guys, but he wasn't really number one. And it, I, I thought it was interesting how many of these what appear to be pure special teams players are staying on the roster. Well, I mean, you know, the pedigree of Joe judge and, you know, I think he wants to have a roster that, you know, you have X amount of roster spots and, you know, how do we get the most, you know, orange juice from these oranges. So if you can bring, if you can come to the table and show you can do stuff on special teams, you have a better chance to make the roster. And, you know, how much will, Gus for actually be running back on this team, probably very little, you know, and maybe who knows, he might be one of those guys. You kind of put a pencil around and see what happens in the next week or so with any additions or subtractions. We're going to talk about the, the salary cap in a little bit coming up, but uh, yeah, good for him for making the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also signed Dexter Williams, to the practice squad and Sandra Platzgummer. I, I read that he made the practice squad. I thought that he could just be on some international list where he wasn't on the roster at all, but I don't know if that's right throughout the regular season or if that's throughout just the off season or whatever, but I apparently he's on the practice squad. So, you know, that's kind of cool, I guess. Hey, sure. Um, some interest in the wide receiver room, you know, not not as much as you'd think when all things were shaken out. Um, at first, people were a little incensed, but uh, it ended up kind of going somewhere <laughs> close to where I thought people, it would. Well, people are always incensed on anything, so yeah, that true. doesn't really surprise me or have much interest to me. Um, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, those guys we all knew. John Ross went to IR. CJ Board, who I expected to make it, made it. Um, and then, you know, there was some roster shuffling where at one point Dante Pettis made the 53-man roster, but he has since been waived, I guess, and then went through to the practice squad uh, with Matt Cole and David Sills. And they went out and they grabbed Colin Johnson from Jacksonville, um, who's a big, tall receiver. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, and I think that speaks a little bit to maybe the hype of David Sills. Now, I understand that David Sills has a height, um, like a height-length kind of aspect to him that just isn't anywhere else in the roster besides Kenny Galladay, so I understand the need there. But there were a couple times on deep balls that looked like he was being overthrown, but it also just kind of looked like maybe he's not as fast as you know, we think, or it just looked like maybe he was being overthrown as he just kind of is slower than everybody else. I don't know. He just, he didn't look very polished to me, but so they went out and they grabbed some other really t tall guy to take the actual roster spot. It's kind of interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Dante Pettis, you know, him going to the ends up on the practice squad makes me officially have no idea how you get onto the practice squad and what the qualifications for being on it are. The rules changed in the last year, um, I think partly due to COVID, and a lot of the rules stayed intact, so I think anyone is eligible for it now, whereas in the past, you had to have like only X number of games accrued or something like that, so I, I, I feel you where you're at. It was definitely weird, but the, yeah, I think anybody can go on it now. I mean, I also have the sneaky feeling we're going to see Dante Pettis back on the 53 at some point. Me too. I, I, I think I think that's just a – if anything, it's a, a stash for right now. It's like, you know, okay, we're not relying on you to be one of our, you know, starting receivers or being heavy in the rotation. We don't want to get rid of you either. We want to see what these other guys – we want to look at them a little longer, maybe in practice or something. So I think it's just kind of a stash for now. But I, I think he might have a role at some point, especially if, you know uh, – a Kadarius Tony can't play for whatever reason or Shepard gets hurt. You know, he might, he's the most likely to get in and be in a rotation immediately if necessary over those other guys. 
Yeah, I think I agree. And it's interesting, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay right now is is kind of coming back from a, a hamstring strain or, or something, you know, something minor. But, you know, so they, they felt the need to go out and get Colin Johnson. I wonder if, if Colin Johnson is only holding that roster space until they feel Kenny Galladay is perfectly fine and they're ready to just snip him from the roster and bump Dante Pettis right back up is entirely possible as far as I'm concerned. That's very, that's very possible. So are you, you know, when you look at the mix of four, four running backs, three tight ends, seven wide receivers, is that the mix you thought you'd see? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It just, you know, it's the guys were a little bit different. Um, and I, and I expected that there was going to be roster manipulation that I was not going to be able to foresee so i couldn't predict but yeah that's about what i expected i mean the the obviously the big confusion there i didn't expect them to hold on to both penny and galaspia at fullback um i you know obviously galaspia not really counting as a fullback but i still didn't expect that at all mm-hmm. uh, um jumping into tight end though uh this is kind of interesting only because it's thin um otherwise it went as we expected right you know kyle rudolph evan ingram caden smith you know on IR is Levine Toilolo and Rice and John. The practice squad now consists of Jake Hausman, Ryan Izzo, who they acquired from the Patriots, I think, and Chris Miarek. Miarek? I don't know. Miarek. Yeah. Miarek. Um, and, th- you know, that's that's really only interesting because today, uh, Monday, at practice, Evan Ingram and Caden Smith were on the side. So Kyle Rudolph, who was returning from foot surgery, was the only tight end in action today um, on the roster. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I don't know what the issue is with Caden Smith, and I actually couldn't find anything on that either. So uh, Were they on the sideline side or they just weren't in practice? Both of them were on the sideline from what I read, oh. which I believe that was okay, Dan so- Duggan that I was reading. So that doesn't sound like a COVID issue or anything necessarily. No, well, we know Evan Ingram hurt his calf muscle in that final preseason game um, in, in sort of a right. non-contact. I don't know well, what Caden Smith's issue is. I was thinking more about Caden Smith than, Aaron, than Ingram. Yeah, no idea. Um, don't think it's – it can't be a COVID thing because he was at practice. He, he, yeah, he'd be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'd be hidden off somewhere. Um, but that's a little concerning, you know. I, I, sure. I mean, I'm sure if, if Kyle Rudolph were 100% – I would say we can go a game with just Kyle Rudolph and no Caden Smith, I guess. I mean, I'm sure they would elevate someone from practice squad in that scenario so that we can run a two tight end set or something. But um, They might even grab someone off the street just to get him in. Yeah, but, but I mean, I would say like a pure blocking tight end only. Like I'd be okay with Kyle Rudolph for one game being the only receiving tight end. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not 100%. He's coming off of foot surgery, and this is kind of the best we got right now. Um, it's probably the worst I've ever seen a tight end room before. Pretty, I'm like pretty, really thinking about it. It's pretty light. <laughs> um, shifting to the heavier side, the offensive line. Um, this is this is a whole bucket in itself here because this is a damn mess. Um, I'm just gonna hit you with the final roster here, and then we'll get into how this happened. Uh, so Andrew Thomas, <laughs> Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Will Hernandez, Matt Parrott, Nate Solder, then Ben Bradison and Billy Price. Those last two are are late additions. So the Giants traded first B.J. Hill uh, and a 2022 seventh rounder for Billy Price from Cincinnati Bengals. Price is a former first round pick. I think we covered this on the last episode maybe. Um, we did. Yeah. Uh, so Billy Price is a newcomer here. He's not really – I mean, like, he's a good depth piece. He's a good guy to have coming off the bench because we don't have any of that shit. And that's what – you know, I don't need to rehash the last, like, 65 episodes of this show. But um, <laughs> Please don't. But, but you know, with, with Shane Lemieux hurt and that we now know what that injury is, it was important that they went out and got something else. You know, a partially torn patella tendon is no joke of an injury, and he's planning on playing through it. And not getting surgery, and I'm not even sure he's good enough to play injured to begin with. Yeah, I mean, you have to prepare for the eventuality that he's not going to play. Yeah. I think that's smart thinking. I mean, it's like, hey, give it to college, try and see what you can do. But I wouldn't feel confident. Hell that, no. You know, 
No, no. I mean, no, I would, so. I would, I would shut him down. You know, if it were Zach Martin, you know what I mean. Like, if it's even it's, if it's your Pro Bowl guard, you know, this is this is a little wild to me that he's trying to play through it. So whatever. The point being is that it doesn't look like he's playing well, anytime soon. Well, the depth, the depth had to be built because you know we all watch those preseason games, and you know, Joe Judge said as much too that you know changes had to be made and there have to be some additions coming. So we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't know if it was going to be scrap heath guys from cut down day or do what they did is actually make trades to, to get the guys that they, you know, wanted to get without a spending too much and b giving up too much. Yeah. And I, and I, I think what ended up being spent seems okay. I mean, it, it's never really cool to trade away draft picks, which by the way, the giants traded, uh, next year's fourth round pick for Ben Bradison plus a fifth rounder, plus a 2023 seventh rounder, um, which I, pretty big, I, I kind of a haul. I think that's fair. You know, I, th- I think it's just straight up fair. The Billy Price one giving up BJ Hill and a seventh rounder seems like maybe we gave up a little bit more than what we got. But I mean, the need is there. I mean, we needed depth. We needed somebody that wasn't an embarrassment to come off the bench. And there, you there have are to pay some, sometimes. There are positions and there are, you know, Units that you overspend for, whether you, you know, spend too much in free agency, whether you maybe draft higher than you would have, and in this case, and who you're giving back in a trade. And you know something, if he fills a an important depth spot and has to come in spot start for a couple of games, then it's worth it. So I, you know, you can't worry about draft picks two, three years down the line if you don't have the pieces you need right now, and you're going to suffer from it. And the offensive line is a spot we can't dick around with. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, and um, I would even say, like, B.J. Hill, to me, is a, a better commodity than, uh, you know, the return there. You know what I mean? Like, B.J. Hill could be part of a starting rotation on a D-line and be perfectly functional, be productive for that matter. Billy Price honestly shouldn't be anything, at least thus far. I mean, he's a young player. He can get better, whatever. But um, thus far is kind of just a bench player to come in if needed. Um, but B.J. Hill... B.J. Hill... But B.J. Hill had nothing on a, this team. Yeah, he'd, all, he'd eventually be a free agent. We'd lose him and get nothing for him. Yeah. So I, I, it's... You know, it's kind of like the present value of money. You might as well get something for it now before that value decreases to a point you get nothing. So, you know, you, you, you make the move. And, uh, you know, let's put it this way. If we didn't make any moves, everybody would be complaining they didn't do anything. You know, they, they'd have the, the visions of the second team in the preseason games and be like, oh, my God, we're going into the season, you know, with, 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 with no depth. So probably spent more than you should have but you know something i feel a little better at night now it, i mean it, i i think it's like a very slight overpay but again is it really overpaying if bj hill had such a minor role in this team exactly and he kind of did so but ben bradison on the other hand i i would say is probably starting and uh you know other people seem to think that he's already better than shane lemieux anyway um All right. I mean, obviously the the big problem here is that we have somebody coming in who has no knowledge of the playbook that probably has to play week 1 so yeah, um, it sucks. This is not a good situation to be in. Um, you know, obviously the Giants knew the severity of Shane Lemieux's injury since the beginning. They have to. Um, so they were trying to, I guess, fill a spot for a couple weeks with guys like Ted Larson, Kyle Murphy, Kenny Wiggins. That didn't work for a variety of reasons, none the least of which is that all three of them were not very good. <laughs> that, um, that's kind of it. You can't, just because you're but, throwing bodies out there doesn't mean it's necessarily better. Well, I mean, like ultimately, if they're only playing a game or two, it might be better to have somebody who knows the playbook than the more talented guy who has no idea what's going on. But can't do that if Ted Larson and Kyle Murphy are on IR and Kenny Wiggins is on the practice squad because he's, quite frankly, not good enough to be anywhere else. Not an ideal situation, but what's the alternative? Yeah. I mean, it's just, All, it's, it's a, it's, it's a lesser of three evils. So that's the way it goes. Sure. Joining Kenny Wiggins in the practice squad is Jackson Barton. Um, and uh, they went out and got former Duke center, Matt Skura. Um, he is now in the practice squad as well. Uh, I do not believe he ever played with Daniel Jones at Duke. I don't think that they overlapped. Um, 
But yeah, that left guard spot remains to be a spot that we are going to keep watching. But if you want to take a more optimistic look at it, if you take the long view look of having Shane Lemieux and now Ben Bradison on the roster, you have, um, I mean, you I guess some people, some people, yeah, some people think Ben Bradison is already better than Shane Lemieux anyway. So overall, the offensive line got better. From the long view perspective, this coming week one, it's a shit show. It is. What do you think of Nate Soldier making the team? Um, you know, we discussed the possibility of him not making the team. I believe on the last episode, we did. He had a pretty poor showing. You know, he comes so cheap. He's swing tackle depth. I think a lot of it is knocking rust off, but um. Some of it is the market. We we don't really have cap space for somebody who might be better. Right. Quite frankly, you know, we're getting him at a steel price even if he's not very good. He's worth well, almost there, nothing. Well, there's no opportunity cost because if we would have just cut him, you know, we were in the hole for that money anyway before we restructure his contract. So it really it's almost like, you know, let's test drive him and if he really sucks, you just get rid of him. Yeah, and and quite frankly, he wasn't good. Um, but I, I think Matt Parrott in that last preseason game kind of separated himself on a consistency basis. He still had a spot issue here or there, but oh. Nate Solder was pretty bad. Nate Solder um, was pretty bad, but the replacement cost to bring in someone even yeah. at that level is more than we're going to want to spend. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think also, like I said, like a lot of this is going to be knocking rust off for Nate Solder too. I mean, I. He's he's been out of the game for a while, so you know it is what it is. Um, I wasn't I wasn't shocked though. Um, I don't think I would have been shocked either way if he was cut or not. To be honest. Um, switching over to defense, uh, not a whole lot of shockers on the defensive line. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Danny Shelton, Austin Johnson, and Raymond Johnson did make the team. You know. We saw him as the undrafted free agent and immediately looked like somebody that could have been drafted. Um, kind of don't really understand why he wasn't drafted at all. I mean, obviously he came from Georgia Southern, but even in those like sixth, seventh rounds, those are guys that, you know. You could find diamonds in the rough out there. Absolutely. I mean, you, you take an absolute swing for the fences. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Raymond Johnson's going to be an all pro anything. He just, he quite frankly was good enough to earn a roster spot. That's how it was. Um, the practice squad for the defensive line, David Moa, who you know, I thought had a great camp. I, I heard he had a great camp. His preseason looked pretty good. Willie Henry, I was not surprised to see him go to the practice squad. And Nico Lelos, um, you know, again, practice squad doesn't mean isn't going to play this year, especially not with the new rule. So these guys could come up and make an impact at any time. And frankly, with Moa and Lelos, uh, I feel pretty good as as practice squad guys. The, the pretty pretty damn good practice squad depth, I would say there. Yeah, I would have them in the intramural tournament and see how they do. They, they might do pretty <laughs> well. Um, linebackers where things got kind of interesting throughout the week here. So where we <laughs> yeah. finally landed here, uh, Lorenzo Carter, Blake Martinez, who got a captainship again. Are you surprised? No, not at all. Me either. To I me, think it's the right move. Too. I feel like your real captains are kind of your defensive guys anyway. They're your emotional, you know, they're more, you know, intense guys and your offensive guys. I think, you know, they're the, the louder voices in a locker room. So this doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think you're kind of right. I think they tend to be. You might get some badass offensive lineman or something. Though. Yeah, but, but think of even like going back into giant history. You know, guys like Michael Strahan were captains, and guys, yeah, obviously like LT were. You know, and uh, you know those are your mouthpieces. Those are you know, they're the ones that have to get fired up more. They're the ones that are just maniacs. So uh, I, and Blake Martinez is the uh, you know, he's the leader of that. Uh, that linebacker room, so I'm 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 happy with it. Yeah, me too. Um, Reggie Ragland, not surprised that he made the team. Aziz Ojolari, O'Shane Zimenez, Carter Coughlin, Tay Crowder, Cam Brown looks like he's kind of in there as mainly a special teams guy, but he didn't look terrible as a linebacker last year either, just raw. Oh. Um, and then here's where things got a little funky, and one of them I didn't even see this move happen. I pulled it from the Giants roster. Um, 
But they went out and they got Quincy Roche, who was cut from the Steelers team, I believe. Um, and Justin Hilliard. Yeah, you're, uh, you're looking at even more uh, up-to-date list than I'm looking at right now. So <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm i not even sure about that one. But I double – it is on the fucking official Giants roster, and it adds there up to go. 53. So I guess he's there. I, I don't know when that move happened. I did not. See, I have understand. on my list, I have Ellerson Smith and Trent Harris, which they're gone. So they, well, Ellerson, so Ellerson Smith, fourth-round draft pick, went to IR. He's been injured for all of camp, so that's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, TJ Bronson was also IR way earlier. And um, Trent Harris went to the practice squad. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess Justin Hilliard is a giant. I don't really know anything about him, but I'll – check it out i guess i didn't see anybody talking about it either so um but quincy roche so somebody that i actually had targeted around the fifth round um for linebackers coming out of miami this year don't really know why he got cut from the steelers uh fans seemed pretty upset about it uh they they didn't agree with the move so (laughs) i mean that's that's a good thing i guess uh and you know really we get him as a bonus it's not like a major roster move had to be made in order to fit him in. So, and it's it's a position of weakness for us as that edge. You know, he's a young guy that you can develop. I, I'm totally on board with this one. Yeah. yeah. Stick him in there and let's see what happens. Yeah. So I, I think initially Trent Harris had that spot, and then I think he was actually moved for Quincy Roche. I think so. Um, yeah. Uh, Roche. 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 Um. And now to the, I mean, there's nothing really interesting to talk about with special teams. So really, what's going to conclude this is going to be DBs, um, conclude the roster talk anyway. Um, James Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, Jabril Peppers, Xavier McKinney, no surprises at all. Jabril Peppers got a captainship. Surprise you at all? No. Yeah, me either. I think uh, uh, you brought him in as the centerpiece of a major trade for this team, and. Uh, He's been playing well ever since. So, and he's you know one of the guys. If you're looking at this roster, you know going back to defense and offense, he's you know been around a while with this team now more than you know other guys have been. This we've had so much roster turnover. You know, how for all the guys on the defense, who's been here really longer? No, I think you're right. I mean, um, I'm looking at this cornerback room. None of those guys. You know, Logan Ryan, no, obviously. You know, Xavier McKinney, no. The linebackers, that's almost a brand new room. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, no. No. I mean, he's kind of like the... Uh, maybe Ziminus, maybe? Uh, Ziminus and Carter might have been the same, same year. year. maybe. So you're talking about one of the blue bloods in that, in, on the defensive side of the ball. Doesn't seem like it, but it, it's true. Yeah, and and as you were saying before, like he is kind of like the big emotional leader. He's also, you know, all through college was a two way player. He he's a special teams player, punt returner, kick returner. Um, you know, he is a high energy. You know, he's involved with the whole team kind of guy. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that he's a captain. No. That you know, Logan Ryan was also named the captain. That does not surprise me in the slightest since the moment he got here. He knows how to communicate really well. He knows how to handle interviews flawlessly. It, he says all the things textbook, like he could be a quarterback. You know, I know there's a lot of you guys who hate uh, Dave Gettleman, but this was, you know, you may not think of it as like one of the five best moves that Dave Gettleman's done, but for all those intangibles you just talked about, he's absolutely one of those. I mean, 12 months ago, he wasn't on the roster. Yeah. Now he's a captain. And all the things that you're talking about that he – he brings to the table. I mean, that's that's a that's a quality pickup for some for some guy off the street. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 not only that, but like he's been so good that like even though he yeah. doesn't really have a starting position, like he's just they've kind of molded the defense around having that third safety in there with mm-hmm. Peppers and McKinney and Ryan. They're all kind of shuffling. And finding a way, he's he's forcing himself to be played, really. Exactly. Um, so I mean, yeah, uh, you can't can't understate the addition that Logan Ryan's been in that DB room. Um, Darnay Holmes, Julian Rubb, Rodarius Williams. These were not surprising moves, especially the way Rodarius Williams played in the preseason was much better than I anticipated. And much better, um, as, and much better as we went along too. 
Absolutely, yeah. He was mm-hmm. picked on a little bit in that first game, but uh, he definitely uh, – you could see the progression in, in the next couple of games. So good for him. Mm-hmm. And then the three that I think were a little uh, less predictable, Sam Beal, Josh Jackson, and Keon Croson made the team. So Sam Beal, I kind of – at the beginning of the preseason kind of offseason, I kind of warned fans not to write him off because – I'd seen his college tape. He hasn't really put anything together here, and I understand the frustration, and I get it. And it, I've even suggested before that, like, I think he'll probably be okay in this league, but maybe he needs a change of scenery, change of scenery from being here. I mean, I mean it's pe- just his start's been too weird. People are frustrated. It's kind of like how they're frustrated with Kadarius Tony. It's like a lot of things that have happened, they're a little bit out of his control. And you just get frustrated because people are impatient and they're like, why isn't he starting? Why isn't he playing? Why is he an all pro? Why is he going to Canton? Why, 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 why? And, you know, it, it takes some time. I mean, we were talking, this is his third year in the league now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and we're not talking about a guy for seven years now we're still waiting for. I mean, he's still only in his third year. Um, I think it's interesting and it's a question to ask, you know. He was a supplemental draft pick. You know, they've invested they they mortgage a bit of the future of a future pick to take him now. If let's say for hypothetically there was a change and Gettleman was out and another GM was here, would he still be on this roster? Or is this something like I'm gonna exhaust every effort with this guy because he was a supplemental pick? Um I think Joe Judge wouldn't have him on the roster if he didn't earn a spot. And I think given with the talent we have and the depth we have, which, you know, the well, talent is there, but the depth really but I don't think Joe I don't I think if if he didn't earn the spot this year, Joe Judge would have no problem cutting him. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not talking about but, not, but, where to be on the see, roster. It's right? actually it's actually his fourth year. Um fourth. because he okay. because last year he didn't play. He opted out. That would have been his third year. Um, but his okay. salary rolls over, whatever. But he okay. was a 2018 supplemental. Again, that's something that's a little out of you know. He made the decision to opt out, but COVID. No, I get uh, it. I get it. Yeah, and that's I'm with a, you. Another reason people are frustrated. So, I, 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 I don't think it made. I don't think it was like you must keep him in spite of you know. I think Mm-mm. he's worthy of making the roster. I'm just wondering why if his getting through cuts was helped at all because of the situation he was in, you know, he was a get him and supplemental pick or not. I, I would I would think so if there was somebody on the roster that I felt was cut um that was better than him and I can't think of anyone. Agreed. And, and I, I, I kind of you know, he had a shaky preseason game, you know, and then he had another one where he, he looked he looked fine, um and then he let he he let an easy pick go right right to the receiver, um, and the whole perception of that game changed because of that because he was highlighted. Just right. he totally screwed that up, and then he had a, then he had a good game. So I, I think there was progress Wait, there despite the perception. But remember something too. I mean, he hasn't had that much game experience. No, I mean, it's, you know, we've heard the name going on four years. You know, it's kind of like a specter that's hanging over us. But you know, he's still in a lot of respects kind of a rookie. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have much mileage on his tires right now. So little mistakes we're going to see that were like, why is he still doing this? You know, it's his fourth year, but it's really not. So, I, I again, I think the coaches know this also. So it's, uh, you know, he's not going to get three more years to prove himself, but I think that uh, a little bit of what's past his prologue at this point with him. And, and go also, out also him making the initial 53 is not a – Guarantee another, yeah, it's not it's not a whole year with us. I mean, there's nothing that says to me that that he is a guaranteed lock to be on this team if, when we go to the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know, <laughs> he might be just holding a roster space until somebody better is available. Or, for instance, Aaron Robinson is ready to come off the PUP list, which you know we didn't get to yet. But you know, for for people who are like, why the hell did he make this team? For starters, I don't think he was that bad. I think he got better throughout the preseason, too. I can't think of a guy who was on this roster who's better who deserved that spot, honestly. Sam Beal is not a guy where people, you know, got on, on their shit list because he just sucks. I mean, there's people that are, you know, in giant history, NFL history, whoever just like, 
You know, then comes that lightning rod for get this guy off the team. He stinks. I'm sick of seeing him. I don't want to see him anymore. That's not Sam Beal. I mean, it, the frustration is just his inability to get on the field, not what he's done on the field. So I, I think that's something to also kind of re- remember where we are right now. It's not a, oh, God, he's here. If anybody, it's like we're still dealing with this guy. So let's let's hopefully he stays healthy this whole year. Hopefully he gets some time on the field. Hopefully, you know, his learning curve on the field is pretty quick and he gets better and better. And he's a guy who can contribute for, you know, this year and for, you know, the next couple of years. And if he obviously can't, then, you know, it'll be addressed with the roster. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously hope that the guy on your roster is good. Um, but I mean, in general, I think he's a little bit better than people give him credit for. People, um, don't, We just don't know the people that are. Yeah. That's my whole point of this thing. The, no, people, yeah. the people that are criticizing the most is not because of what he's done on the field. It's just he hasn't been on the field. And let's separate those two things before you moan and groan that why is Sam Beal? It's like you don't know. You really haven't seen him play sustained minutes of importance. It seemed what he does on the field. Um, also rounding out the DB room is Josh Jackson and Keon Croson. Keon Croson is a strictly special teams player. He looked like a mess out there on defense in the preseason. <laughs> Josh Jackson we haven't seen at all. I think he showed up for half of a practice, had some kind of muscular issue, and didn't practice again until today. Um, but Josh Jackson was acquired in a straight-up trade for Isaac Yadam, who I Yadam? considered at that time Isaac Yadam. Yeah. Um, he... He, in my opinion, would have been the first outside corner off the bench in in the event of an Adoree Jackson or James Bradbury injury. So I had better hope that Josh Jackson makes this team, you know, trading away somebody like that just for that. Um, so whatever. Uh, yeah, Josh Jackson made the team. Keon <laughs> Croson as well. He's going to be strictly special teams. Aaron Robinson, this year's third-round pick, went to the PUP list. He has a core injury. Uh, Quincy Wilson was IR'd. Uh, after suffering injury in that, um, was that the Browns game? Browns game, I think. Yeah, and Josh Kalu, the safety, was also IR'd. I think the same game. And Jordan Peters, who was like recently added to the team, I want to say right before that final preseason game, he is on the practice squad. The special teams is exactly as you would expect. It's Casey Kreider, Graham Gano, who was named a captain and Riley Dixon. The only interesting thing here of note is that for the initial 53, Casey Kreider was not on the roster. Somebody else had that spot. Um, and then some some roster magic was worked so that somebody could get through to the practice squad or something like that that wouldn't make it through waivers. or I don't remember. Thoughts on Graham Gano, a kicker, and a Noel being a captain? I don't really know anything about him to know that he shouldn't get it. Um, it seems like it seems like a weird position to have as a practice guy, as a captain. You know, they do their own thing in practice. They're not, you know. Yeah. It just seems very strange. Well, we've had for for like a million years now Zach Diossi as the long snapper and captain, and That's... he always was like he was an excellent long snapper and. He was always the first guy running down the field on punts. Yeah, that's he was different. always the first guy. That, but, but but we're used to that. We're, there was always a captain on special teams, and it was always Zach Diossi. And, you know, it didn't I, – I never questioned it because he was a very good long snapper, and now we don't a, have that's that. A, that's a football position, though. That's something who's – you know, he's running the drills with the team. He's doing the, you know, the uh, – I'm aware of that. My, yeah. my point is is that – Someone for special I feel teams. like you probably have to have somebody from special teams be a captain, and I think it's odd. To, to be to be honest with you, our Casey Kreider is is pretty good, I guess. Riley Dixon is okay. Graham Gano is probably the best special teamer we have. I don't even know who our punt and kick returners are. Do you? I do not. But, but I, yeah, I, exactly. Made to me like again, kicker is such a you know a specialty position and especially job. And they're they're the most removed of anybody else on the roster. It just seems strange that, and I'm not saying that because you know it's like you know who he is or where he's from or any of that. It's just to me, it's like you're not fully part of the fraternity as a kicker as you are for other positions on the field. So I, I just think it's a little strange. Yeah, but I mean, I wonder if he has like responsibilities in within the captains that group of captains. You know what I mean? Like and. 
He's taking notes for every all the other captains. No, no, no. I, I assume that he's the. Uh, he's what all the captains kind of meet captains? together and agree on things. They're able to, I don't know, fucking handle the coin toss responsibilities and overtime responsibilities and shit like that without there being a hiccup. And you laugh now until some bullshit happens where there's a miscommunication between whoever is choosing to kick or receive or whatever and the head coach and it fucks up a game and we have to spend an episode talking about it that seems like a giant thing that happens. seems like a that jets like a, thing i mean I, the obvious thing that's a, sounds like a jets thing but you know something like when the giants aren't going well those are the type of things it's like like that that sounds like something like during the the, the, the fossil era like something like oh they lost a game because they screwed up the kick the the coin toss and like yeah. Well, I mean, more important overtime than than the opening kickoff. Um, but I don't know, yeah. man. I, I assume captains have more work to do than address the whole team. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I mean, running kangaroo court for you know, the, you know, they paid a twenty five dollar fine for uh, little silly things. I don't know. Just so with fucking mosquito with in this... my house. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> do we have a uh we're now on youtube I, I don't know it was flying around my head before uh, people while you were talking i was snatching at air hey. trying to grab it oh all you meme creators out there please get a shot of uh of grump's uh mosquito in fact i might even start a twitter <laughs> page mosquito. right now grump's mosquito um the only other thing really to talk about here so is the interesting cap situation that the giants find themselves in Yes, I was about to get to that saying, you know, because this is the 53-man roster, it is a snapshot in time. It is not, you know, in time memoriam going forward. And we have some things we have to address with the, with the cap. Yeah, I think currently they're over. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, Patty Trainer was, you know, she tweeted out something earlier today. It says that we're going to be about $5 million over. There's like a, I guess, an under 51 rule that expires tomorrow. And we're going to do a little manipulation with some guys, some of the um, guys in IR. You know, some guys may be kind of going away that are on IR right now to get under that that uh, that that cap. Uh, threshold There's also the possibility right that guys like uh, Jarrell Peppers um, can have contract extensions. Um, I think Peppers is in his final year of his contract, uh, in his fifth year option, or that's next year. Either way, we're looking at somebody who's kind of been. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I would say that Peppers is, as much as I like him, the way the roster's constructed currently and into the future, I would say Peppers is somewhat expendable, but it's not somebody that they would want to get rid of, you know, or somebody that they feel is, you uh, know, not important enough to keep. So uh, he's definitely a candidate, I would say, to be extended to minimize the cap hit this year. Very possible, very possible. I think you're going to see some guys that are on IR mm. are probably going to be gone. I, I think that's kind of the way it's yeah, going like to go. I think uh, settlement or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a guy like John Ross could be a guy who's gone. That's interesting because I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think they they signed him for a reason this year, and he has not practiced yet. But I I don't know that he's gone. I I I I, I think. I think they paid a little more to roll the dice and hope that he'd be healthy. And I think that, you know, that he continues not to be healthy. And I think, you know, who they have in, in, in the wide receiver room, I think. And also, I mean, there wouldn't be a, a problem if we have this cap issue, but I think that's an easy way to solve a problem and a guy that really can't be counted on short term or longer term. So I, I, I would not be surprised if he's one of the guys. To yeah, I guess I wouldn't be shocked either because I, I can see the justification there. But I, I I I don't think that's what they're going that, to do. That speed is so enticing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's the siren call that God, that guy is fast. Mm. And, you know, they, they might try to jump through hoops to keep him, you know, whether he came in on the field or not. But uh, five million is five million. And they got to figure out how to get under there. So, so they're going to have to do some kind of roster moves, whether it's something like just extending a contract or not. Nevertheless, we're going to talk about it on this show. But we are now entering the regular season for this show, so um, wow, that means, means two episodes a week. Oh, so we do this again Thursday night. Yeah. So good. Thursday night, we will record an episode for your listening pleasure and now viewing pleasure on YouTube for Friday morning, um, which will preview this weekend's game, whether it be a Sunday or Monday. Um, 
whatever. And then every Monday we will record uh, an episode for Tuesday that is reviewing that game. And it's it's purposely taking a day out so that there's time to really, really look at the game and react to it. Not straight away with emotion, but with emotion based around some reflection. And if something major happens on Sunday or Monday night and we need to get on immediately, believe me. Yeah. Now that we have this YouTube channel, we can throw stuff on there. And, you know, obviously, if you guys are, you know, please keep subscribing to us on, on uh, you know, on, on the podcast channels you have to subscribe to. But if there's something that we need to get on there and we just can't wait till Monday night, a major injury, uh, an incredible win, uh, a aggravating loss, something that goes on that we need to get on there. We'll be on first. Don't mm-hmm. worry. We'll before our regular times. But Plan on Tuesday mornings. Plan on Friday mornings. That's when you'll uh, hear and now see us. Yeah. So be sure to subscribe to us here on this YouTube page um, and also on our normal podcast channels, so iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, etc. Um, you can follow us on Twitter as well, uh, at football underscore grump for me and at the cranky fan for the cranky fan. And... Um, the podcast itself has a Twitter at Just Giants Pod, so you can follow that as well for links to all the episodes throughout the years that we've been doing this and new ones as they come out. Yeah, welcome to all you new, you know, YouTubers out there. You know, we're only about a hundred million followers less than the Kardashians. You know, but uh, we're working our way. We have one subscriber mm-hmm. now as we speak, so we'll, uh, you know. Join us now before the season starts, and who knows, five months. There's always one team out there that no one's talking about that makes a deep run into the playoffs. Why not us? And uh, you can say you were with the Just Giants podcast and Just Giants. The whole the it? whole journey, yeah. The whole the whole the multimedia experience from the, from the very beginning. So, uh, and if always, if you could give us a five star rating and a review on. Wherever you are watching or seeing us, we'd really appreciate that because the more giant fans that we interact with, the better the show is. We love the people who listen. We got to meet some of them. You know, last week at you know at the Meadowlands for the last preseason game, we will be stationed in the Jamison room again before uh, kickoff next Sunday. I got a Jesus, I have a 6 a.m. flight from game, from Tampa. Gators are playing in Tampa this weekend, and. Uh, but I will be up there with plenty of time ready to go to have a drink with you guys. So come on out and visit us. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll cover all of that game um, on the next episode. So be sure to come back for Friday morning. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Go, go Giants. Giants.